This is called, this, this story is, uh, this is about the Tiger Swami. The real battle is within. And quote the Tiger Swami here now. But there are many kinds of tigers, some roam in the jungles of human desires. No spiritual benefit accrues by knocking beasts unconscious. Rather, be victor over the inner prowlers. But there are many kinds of tigers, some roam in the jungles of human desires. No spiritual benefit accrues by knocking beasts unconscious. Rather, be victor over the inner prowlers. I spoke about this the other morning in class. It's a story from Paramahamsa Yogananda's book, Autobiography of a Yogi. I read it years ago, and um, I wrote a blog post on it, like literally 12 years ago. Um, and I know that because I know how old my son was when I, when I uh, wrote that blog post and where I was living. So yeah, man, that's like 12 years ago, and this, the story's always stuck with me. And I wanted to share it because it really resonates with me. Um, so there's this tiger swami. And the reason he got that, that name is because he's this guy with this huge build, biceps, like footballs, uh, huge chest. I mean, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, bigger style. Maybe, maybe even like Andre the Giant, like Arnold Schwarzenegger hybrid type thing. And... Uh, he was known for knocking out bangled tigers. Like he would go into the jungle and he would make a show out of it. And he'd go out there and like taunt a tiger and legit have a fight with him. And then he would uh, knock him out and try to domesticate them. And he was doing this and he got like super cocky. And one day his dad came to him and was like, you have to, you have to stop messing around. You have to stop messing around with the jungle, and uh, like, you know, you're you're thrown off the balance, and it's it's not a good look. He didn't listen, and then a saint came to his dad one day and was like, "If your if your son doesn't stop doing what he's doing, in the next match with the tiger, his next encounter, his next fight, he's going to be severely wounded, almost to death. He's going to be hospitalized for six months, and then he's going to." He's going to become a monk. So the dad told the son and the son laughed and he thought it was all crazy and he didn't know what he was talking about. So as all this is going on, a prince comes and asks him to visit the castle. So he gets like a caravan and umbrellas and food and wine and dined to the nines. And he gets there and the prince makes him a deal. He said, listen, you're going to fight my new tiger. And if you win... I'm going to name you Raha Benjam or Raha Bengal, like meaning like the like king of the Bengals, the highest royalty. Um, and I think that was the name of the, the, the prince's cat. I'm not really sure. Like that was the name of the prince's tiger that he had captured. And he was going to give the tiger swami the name, something like that. So he sets up a fight in one week. He's not allowed to see the tiger. It's the biggest one they've ever seen, biggest one they've ever caught makes a big festivity out of it and he's got to get in the cage and he's got to fight this tiger. And the rules are he's got to knock the tiger out. He's got to, um, he's got to tie a chain around its neck and 
like subdue the tiger, secure him up. And then he's got to walk out of the cage on his own and shut the door. He agrees to the rules. So now the prince starves this tiger. He, he didn't feed him. And uh, he gets in the cage. He starved him the whole week. Tiger's going crazy because it hasn't eaten. And it catches the tiger swami's uh, hand and tastes his blood. And then it just, that blood makes the tiger go crazy. So now the tiger's freaking out. It tastes the blood. It hasn't eaten in a week. And it starts trying to go after this guy. Somehow, he, in the scramble, he, he hits him and knocks him out. And he said he felt like a pussycat. And he started like taunting the tiger and like putting his head in his mouth for, for a dramatic effect while the tiger was knocked out, like, you know, playing with the crowd. He didn't get out of there. And he tied up the beast with the chain and he was ready to leave. And the tiger woke up and the tiger leapt. He was so strong, he broke the chain and he landed on his back. So now he's got the biggest Bengal tiger ever seen in, in their time, like has his back, which is, anyone knows isn't a good place for anyone to be. Um, you're really exposed if someone has your back, let alone a tiger. <laughs> so uh, in the scramble, he falls down, he lands on the guy, or he lands on the tiger rather, and then he winds up knocking out the tiger and barely getting out of there with his life. He had severe wounds, he had like blood poisoning, and he was laid up for six months. But with all the crowd cheering, on his way out of that cage, he said that he left his worldly beings there, his worldly desires. Um, He realized that it was the beasts, the beasts inside of him that get to be subdued. The beasts inside his mind, inside the way that we think. And... It goes on to where he, he, he goes back home and he goes back to his hometown once he heals and he meets the, uh, he meets the, the saint because he, he said, man, I'd really, love, I'd really love to meet the saint. So um, one day the saint appears and comes up and makes himself known. And this is what the saint says to him. He says, enough of tiger taming. He spoke with calm assurance. Come with me. I will teach you to subdue the beasts of ignorance roaming in jungles of the human mind. You are used. You are used to an audience. Let it be a galaxy of angels entertained by your thrilling mastery of yoga. And that was his initiation into the spiritual path. So it breaks down that basically you control the body... The breath controls the mind, the mind controls the body. And the moral of the story, the reasoning behind it is that we get to fight not the tigers that exist out in the jungles here, but the tigers that exist within our bodies, within ourselves, within our mind, and find a balance. And this influence of those tigers, they can exist from past lives, They can exist through passed down epigenetics, through your genes, through what your ancestors dealt with. And it reminds me of another another quick story that I think is is analogous to this this one as well. 
And it's, uh, I believe it's Native American, and there's two wolves. And the grandson says to the grandfather, Grandfather, or his father, something like that, Dad, I heard that there's a battle of two wolves. Which one wins? And the father replies, Whichever one you feed. So that battle within us, the wolves, the tigers, the beasts, within our subconscious and our mind, that run our subconscious, that run our mind, that run our life. That's the real battle, not the external. The real battle is within. The real battle is within. But there are many kinds of tigers, some roam in the jungles of human desires. No spiritual benefit accrues by knocking beasts unconscious. Rather, be victor over the inner prowlers. But there are many kinds of tigers, some roam in the jungles of human desires. No spiritual benefit accrues by knocking beasts unconscious. Rather, be victor over the inner prowlers.